Well, good morning. Welcome to Long Hill Baptist Church. We're going to start our Sunday school with a song number 178, The Bible Stands. The Bible stands like a rock undaunted midst the raging storms of time. Its pages burn with the truth eternal and they glow with the light sublime. The Bible stands, though the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand when the earth shall crumble. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation, for the Bible stands. And the last, the Bible stands, test we give it, for its author is divine. By grace alone I expect to live it and to prove it and make it mine. The Bible stands, though the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand when the earth shall crumble. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation, for the Bible stands. Well, good morning. It's good to have you with us this morning. Welcome to the Sunday School Hour at Long Hill Baptist Church in Trumbull. Thank you for joining us online this morning. Uh, this past week has been a challenge. There's been many changes, but aren't you glad this morning that the Bible still stands? The Word of God remains unchanged, uh, and God himself remains unchanged. He's a changing God. God has not changed one bit uh, in the midst of all the change uh, and difficulties that we've suffered this week. Uh, at our church, we're, we're trying to just continue uh, our teaching and preaching schedule. We're trying not to let the difficulties of, of the day uh, modify uh, our approach to preaching and teaching the Word of God any more than absolutely necessary. Uh, and so this morning, we're continuing our new Sunday School series in the book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians this morning... Uh, will be in chapter 2. Now, just uh, by way of introduction here, you recall uh, if you were with us on Wednesday night, that's online if you weren't, um, on Wednesday night we were in Joshua 23, and there we saw Joshua in his final days, still faithful in his final days. Uh, he knew his end was coming, he'd be home with the Lord uh, soon. Um, he took his final days uh, to encourage God's people. Uh, to remind them of what God had done and to encourage them to be faithful to God going forward. And what a wonderful example. Uh, here in 1 Thessalonians, it's, it's not Paul's final days, but we have him uh, writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit to, again, encourage uh, the church members at Thessalonica. And this morning, we want to take care to receive this same encouragement from God uh, through Paul. So let's bow our heads, we'll open with prayer, and we'll jump right into our Bible study here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that we're able to uh, study together uh, on, online uh, via the internet this morning. Lord, I thank you that we still have you. We still have your words, all of them perfectly preserved for us. I pray this morning, Father, that you would help us now uh, I pray for people who are watching online and adjusting to uh, worship and studying online versus being present here in the building. I pray, Lord, that you would help each one. Give us your grace this morning. Father, help me 
Lord, as I teach this morning, I pray that you would help me, that I would be your mouthpiece, and that you would help me to handle your words uh, accurately. Uh, Lord, help me to be an encouragement to each one who's watching with us this morning. Uh, Lord, be with us now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bible, uh, let's jump right in this morning to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 and verse 1. Uh, here we see Paul encouraging uh, the church members there at Thessalonica uh, with the truth, truth that his ministry, uh, as he came into that city and uh, as time continued, his, his ministry had impact. Uh, they were people who were impacted by God's words. They were no longer the same people that they were when Paul met them. He came preaching the gospel, and uh, there was impact. See, see uh, chapter 2, verse 1 here. Paul says, he writes to them, again, under inspiration. These are God's words through Paul. Paul writes, for yourselves, brethren, uh, save people at Thessalonica, uh, you know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. Uh, Paul states the church members knew for certain that his coming to preach the gospel, uh, it wasn't empty, it wasn't vain, it wasn't, um, it wasn't there for a moment and then just gone like a vapor. Uh, it wasn't vain. It had an effect immediately, and it had an ongoing effect. And uh, I'm thankful this morning that the Word of God does have an effect, and it has an ongoing effect. Uh, so uh, these who were in that church at Thessalonica, Paul's encouraging them, hey, you, you've been the, not only the recipients, but the beneficiaries uh, of God's words. And of course, in our church, the same is true. Those of us who have received the gospel, we've responded by receiving Christ, placing our faith in him. Uh, that had an immediate impact and it has ongoing impact. We still have the words of God in a time when things have changed so very much uh, we still have God's words, and we have uh, all of the power of God's words completely unchanged. So uh, we're encouraged this morning the same way that the church members at Thessalonica were. Well, let's see the next thing. Uh, Paul moves on. He encourages them uh, with his example of faithfulness to preach the gospel uh, despite trials. Uh, how couldn't be any more relevant to us this morning than that. See verse 2. He says, but even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. Uh, Paul's saying, listen, um, you, you know that I came to you uh, and preached the gospel so that you could be saved, so that there could be a church, uh, despite the fact that I had suffered a great deal uh, of trials, a, a great deal of persecution uh, back at Philippi. Now, if you want to turn back real fast, we had sword drill online Friday night. If you want to turn back real fast uh, to Acts chapter 16 and verse 22, there we have in Acts 16 the, the account of Paul's arrest at Philippi. Uh, let's, let's look there real fast. Acts 16, verse 22, the Bible says, Multitude rose up together against them. The them there is Paul and his ministry team. And the magistrates, the local authorities, ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Uh, they were not happy with the preaching and teaching of the gospel. And when they had laid many stripes, when they had beat them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely who, having received such a charge, thrust them uh, into the inner prison uh, and made their feet fast in stocks, locked them in stocks so that they could not get away. 
Uh, that's the kind of trial, that's the kind of persecution uh, that Paul faced in his ministry. He was beaten, uh, he was jailed, uh, he was locked away in stocks. Of course, we know the story of the Philippian jailer and how he was saved and uh, others were saved and baptized and there, there was a church at Philippi because of that. Um, but nonetheless, Paul faced a great deal of, of persecution, a great trial indeed back there in Philippi. Uh, he moved on and eventually came into Thessalonica and preached the gospel despite the trials that he had faced uh, back at Philippi. Now, uh, I don't think anything could be more relevant uh, to us this morning than that. We're going through a trial. It's not a small trial. It's not a local trial. It's a large trial, and it appears to be a global trial. All of us are going through a great trial at this time, and all of us are challenged to respond as Paul did, saying, hey, despite this trial, despite this difficulty, as best I can, I'm going to stay faithful to God. I'm going to be online at 10 o'clock on Sunday, 11 o'clock, at 6 o'clock. Uh, we'll continue to evaluate if that's the best way, but that's what we're going to do right now. Uh, and I'm going to be faithful to share the gospel however I can. Now, listen, the same technology that enables us to be online and uh, for the church to exchange emails and for us to uh, fellowship online, all that same technology is available to all of us to continue sharing the gospel. And if you're not really a technology person, you know what? The old-fashioned telephone still works. Uh, and written, handwritten letters that you put in the old-fashioned mail uh, with a stamp, remember those? Uh, it still works. We can still find ways to share the gospel. And we can do that despite the trial that we're facing right now. Listen, uh, we'll talk about this throughout the day. Uh, a lot of people may be more willing to receive the gospel. They may be more willing to consider Christ right now because of what's happening in our world today. So let's be faithful like Paul. Let's not say, oh, you know, there's, there's so much going on. There's so many difficulties. I'm just going to kind of put my faithfulness to God on hold. Uh, I'm not going to share the gospel. I'll put that on hold until we get through this trial. Uh, listen, it could be days, weeks, months. I don't know how long. God knows. Uh, let's not put our, our, our gospel outreach on hold. Let's be faithful to continue. Uh, we've mailed out tracts to our church members this week. Get those in the mail. Uh, don't necessarily go out and hand them to someone, but, but pray about where God would have you to send them, and, and let's get them in the mail. Well, let's move on here. Uh, see verse 3. Here Paul, um, he understood that despite the trial, he still had a God-given purpose. And despite the trial, he still had the same source of power for his ministry. And despite the trial that he had faced back in Philippi and other places, of course, uh, he still had an ultimate goal to bring honor and glory to his Lord and Savior. Nothing had changed. Uh, his trial, his persecution had not changed anything. Uh, see here in verse 3, he, he speaks of understanding his God-given mission uh, to exhort the people there with truth uh, rather than trickery. He says in verse 3, for our exhortation, our, our encouragement uh, to come to Christ, uh, for our exhortation, it was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor guile. Guile is trickery or subtly, especially for uh, gain. Uh, Paul didn't come into Thessalonica for, for that purpose. He came to exhort the people there to come out of error 
and to come into truth. Well, that's still the business that we are in uh, as a church. So he understood that he had a God-given mission. Of course, it's the great commission uh, to reach people there. Now, see also here in verse 4, he understood that he still had uh, a source of power with which to accomplish that mission. Uh, verse 4 says this, But as we were allowed, see the next two words, please, of God, to be put in trust with the what? What does it say? Well, it's the gospel. Uh, it's the gospel. He understood that he was allowed. Now, this is, uh, I don't want to get too deep in grammar here, but it's a, it's a so-called perfect passive verb. It suggests that, that God initially allowed, approved of his ministry. Uh, there's an implication that God empowered his ministry, that he began to do that and he continued to do that. God approved of his ministry uh, as he began and continued to improve grammatically, uh, that's implied. And again implied is the fact that all throughout the process, God was the one uh, who was still empowering his ministry. Now, you may, you may feel a little bit exacerbated by all that's going on right now. Uh, our students are facing the trial of uh, having to transition to online classes. There's questions about work. Will we have enough work? Where, will our students have enough work? Pray for Zach. Uh, pray for Sean. Pray for our other students here in our church. Uh, there's lots of anxieties and worries that kind of wear us down. Please don't forget, God's power has not changed. Uh, the same Lord that empowered us last month uh, to do the things that he would have us to do, practical things and ministry things, is the same God, same power. Paul understood that. Paul understood that he still had the same goal. He had the same ministry, the same source of power, same mission, and really at the end of the day, the same goal. See this again in verse 4. See verse 4. The second part of verse 4, he says, Even so we speak. Now see this next part, please. Not as pleasing men... But God, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. Paul understood that his ultimate goal in life and ministry remained to please God. Of course, we look often in our church at Revelation 4.11. There, the Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, uh, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Listen, at the end of the day, that's still our purpose. Yep, we're in the midst of a difficult time, trying days, but that remains our ultimate goal in this life, to please our Heavenly Father. We still can. We still can. Listen, remember, we're not the first generation to go through great trials. Uh, this is a great trial today. Uh, those before us experienced World War II and World War I uh, and, and the Civil War uh, and the plagues uh, of history uh, and all the way back to Paul's life uh, in, in ministry in the first century. Uh, there, people have been experiencing great difficulties and great trials. We still have the same purpose, the same power to go forward, and we still have the same call upon our lives to live to please God. Um, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that wonderful truth. Let's continue. Uh, so we're here, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, now verse 5. Paul continues 
in this theme of his goal in ministry. His desire is just to keep on uh, bringing glory to God and, and praising God. Despite the trial that he faced, he's, he's now in a new place. He, he's, he's recounting when he came into Thessalonica, uh, his immediate goal, it wasn't to uh, get something, uh, it wasn't to please men. Uh, it was to serve God and to serve the people there. He says in verse 5, uh, For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, uh, nor a cloak of covetousness. He says, God is our witness. Uh, these words are from God, <clears throat> given to Paul to pass on to the church there. But he says, God is my witness. Th this is true. You, you know it's true. Uh, this, this phrase, cloak of covetousness. Uh, his gospel ministry wasn't a pretext uh, or uh, an inn through which he would begin or seek to exploit the Thessalonians. Uh, he didn't come seeking to get anything from them. He came in obedience to God. He didn't come in trying to pump up their pride. He didn't come in using, uh, look back at the verse, middle of the verse, their flattering words uh, to build relationships through which he could then get something from the people. He certainly didn't come trying to pick their pockets. Uh, he came trying to give them the word of God, to bring them the gospel, uh, to teach them uh, the words of God that they might be saved uh, and live a life that is pleasing to God and would be good for them and also uh, honoring to Christ. And look back here in the middle of verse 5 again. He says, For neither at any time use we flattering words. We want to be very careful in our own relationships with fellow church members and uh, other people outside the church not to use flattering words uh, to build relationships. Uh, flattery uh, is, by definition, insincere, so there's a, there's a dishonesty in it. Uh, that'd be sinful. That, that lying is, any kind of lying is sinful. But also flattery tends to uh, pump up people's pride. Uh, it tends to boost up people's pride to cause them to focus more on themselves, to keep their focus on who they are and what they want, and uh, it, it, it keeps the attention on them uh, rather than on God. Take great care about flattering one another. Uh, it's, flattery is, is insincere and, it, and has a, it has a wrong purpose. Now, you can encourage each other, encourage each other with godly thoughts. Uh, if you appreciate someone's ministry to you, uh, thank them for that. But, but don't overdo it. Don't, don't fuel uh, their pride with flattering words. Uh, Paul continues now. He continues in verse 6 regarding his ultimate goal. It was not about getting worldly honor or glory. Um, it was, it was uh, more Christ-centered. See verse 6. He says, Nor of men sought we glory. He didn't seek money or, or anything else from men, verse 5. Neither did he seek glory when he came to Thessalonica. He came faithfully despite uh, the trial back at Philippi, and he came with a right goal, a right objective, a right uh, motive. Didn't, didn't come to get, came to give the gospel. Uh, didn't, didn't come seeking to get glory. He didn't come setting himself up on a pedestal saying, hey, look at me. Uh, praise me, uh, pray, pray to me. Certainly, certainly not. Uh, he came putting Christ up on a pedestal, pointing people to him, glorify Christ, come to him, know him, give him honor and glory. Verse 6 says, Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, 
uh, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. Listen, Paul knew, and, and we know also that uh, Christ is the only one at the end of the day who is truly worthy of honor and glory. Uh, in Romans 11 and verse 36, he says, For of him, Christ, and through him, Christ, and to him uh, are all things, and to whom be glory forever. He says, Amen. Uh, it, it's, it's the Lord himself and the Lord alone who is truly worthy of honor and glory and praise. So I would stop there for a moment this morning and, and ask each of us to consider what is my motive for continuing to be faithful in ministry at this time? Do I want people to look at me and say, oh, look at him or, or look at her, how, how faithful that person is despite the trial? Wow, is that what I want? Am I, am I looking to be lauded for my faithfulness despite the difficulty? That was not Paul's motive. That was not his desire. Uh, do I want people to see me online and say, oh, wow, look at, look at that person, how faithful they are despite the difficulty? No, no. Um, our goal should be that people would see Christ in our lives, in our faithfulness, despite the difficulty, and that that would bring honor and glory to Christ. Uh, Lord, help me. Help each of us to check our motive for ministry at this time. Uh, Lord, help it to be about you, not about me. Well, let's continue. Paul uh, in the next couple of verses, he encouraged the church members there uh, that he had approached them. And this is interesting. It's kind of an extended metaphor here. He, he wants them to be reminded and encouraged, uh, again, that he didn't come to get anything from them, but he, he came uh, really as a loving parent. Uh, he came to uh, give them new life, uh, to nurture them as new believers, and as they grew up in the Lord from new believers to more mature believers, uh, he, he transitioned uh, more like from a mother to a father type of role and continued to nurture them along the way. And of course, he's, he's still doing that through this letter as, as God has him to do this. So we have this wonderful kind of extended metaphor of, of Paul picturing himself as a parent uh, to the church members there. See how he uses this. Uh, in verse 7, he says, but we, uh, the ministry team and I that came into Thessalonica, went back when we first came, he says, we were gentle. Uh, that word has the idea of mildness or kindness. We didn't come beating you up, demanding that you get saved and get right. We came uh, gently among you, among all of you. He says this, middle of verse 7, even as a nurse cherisheth, cherisheth her children. The picture there is of a, um, a nursing mother, maybe a wet nurse, uh, but probably a nursing mom here. Uh, he says, we came with, with the love and care uh, and tenderness, the, the gentle concern and care and provision that a, a mom has for a newborn babe. Uh, that's how I came uh, to you. Uh, down in verse 7, we'll see him uh, extend the metaphor to more of a, a fatherhood role, but uh, he wants them, he's, he's encouraging them by reminding them uh, how he came uh, and how he approached them. And 
Uh, I don't know about you this morning, but I, I think we would do well to just stop and, and consider that for a moment. Uh, certainly at times we are tempted to not be gentle uh, with one another like a nursing mother is to that newborn babe. At times we're tempted to be a little bit rough uh, with each other, even unkind. Uh, Lord, help us. Help us to um, confess that when we are to the person that we may have offended uh, and to you, Lord. And uh, Father, help us just to yield ourselves to you. Uh, maybe you're someone this morning that recognizes that you, you have some difficulty controlling uh, your response to difficult things. Maybe you snap into anger or, or worse, rage uh, rather easily. Listen, the, the true answer for that is to yield yourself to the Lord, to yield control to the Lord, and ask the Lord to help you to respond to difficulties with greater kindness and gentleness, uh, less like a raging bull and more like a nursing mother. Uh, God, help us. We, we need your help. We need your grace to do that. Um, look at verse 8. As a loving parent here, we'll see in verse 8, might be willing to give um, even their life, certainly to give their whole self for their children. Uh, Paul, uh, he'll say here in a moment that he cared so deeply for the church members at Thessalonica uh, that he was willing and really did give him whole, his whole self for them. Look at verse 8. He says, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. Um, he says we, we cared so much about you. He's encouraging them. Uh, isn't it good to know that someone cares about you? Someone was willing to suffer some discomfort, and maybe more than that, uh, for you. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing to know that someone cares that much for you. Uh, and listen, if you feel like no one does, remember the Lord does. Uh, remember your pastor cares uh, deeply for you. Uh, my, my love is imperfect. I'm, I'm very much aware of that, but God's love uh, is perfect. Uh, here we see Paul, he, he says that he was willing to, to give not only the gospel to them, uh, but his own soul. Uh, and the ministry team that was working with him had the same desire because they were dear. The church members were dear unto them. Lord, help us to view our fellow church members with that kind of concern that we would be willing to, to give as much as ourselves as needed to minister to each other. This is a very convicting verse. God help us to be willing to give of ourselves to uh, encourage one another, especially in days like this. Well, let's go on here. Uh, in the next several verses, Paul encourages them with a reminder uh, that he had, again, invested in them without asking them to invest in him. This was a very altruistic, uh, godly, Christ-like love. Uh, in verse 9, he, he reiterates and he, uh, that he had refused to be a financial burden to them. And of course, we've seen recently that uh, he wrote the same thing to the church at Corinth. He didn't come to get, he came to give as God called him to. Look at verse 9, he says, for, verse 9, For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, uh, but uh, or rather we preached unto you the gospel of God. He, he came to give, not to get. Lord, help us to have the same heart. 
Uh, in verse 10, he goes on and uh, he reminds them that he had, he's, his example has always been one of encouraging their holiness, encouraging them to grow uh, in holiness. He says, verse 10, but ye, ye all of them, are, are our witnesses, and God also, uh, three adverbs here uh, describing how he came, how holily, not completely, but with holiness, and justly and unblameably, we behaved ourselves among you that believe. Uh, what, a, what a convicting verse there also. Uh, do we have that kind of example and, and testimony in our church to our friends and families, to our neighbors? Uh, do we have an example of acting with holiness and justness and, and, and being unblameable before each other? Uh, Lord, help us. Lord, help us to have that kind of example uh, and testimony uh, in our church. Well, uh, Paul comes back now to this um, metaphor uh, of, of being a parent. And, and really back in the last verse, um, probably the example there is, is of a good parent who not only teaches uh, what is right, but who lives by way of example uh, what is right. Now, Paul, uh, he, he extends the metaphor, kind of switches from the mother role to the father role. He says in verse 11, as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you. We encouraged you, we comforted you, uh, we charged you uh, to, to step up and obey the Lord in his power and his strength. He says, as a father, uh, as a father doth his children, just like a father uh, would, would encourage and comfort, uh, instruct, charge uh, his children, we have been that for you uh, there in the church. He says, verse 12, that ye are so that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom uh, and glory. Uh, Paul had come and, uh, in a sense, birth them into new life by preaching the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, uh, the fact that each of them were sinners, uh, the fact that they'd all come short of the glory of God, the fact that their sin separated them from God, but that there was a way to be saved and forgiven and to be reborn uh, into eternal life uh, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Uh, he had birthed them as a mother would, and he had nurtured them as a, a loving, gentle, nursing mother. And uh, when it was appropriate, he also moved on and uh, stepped in as a father and, and um, got them up through that next level of growth uh, in the church. He instructed and molded them as older children. Uh, of course, that's part of the role of your pastor, but that is our role as fellow church members as well, to share the gospel, to help disciple and nurture the new believers, and to transition them from milk to meat as they grow, to be ready, able, and willing to serve in each of these roles as God gives opportunity. Well, let's consider those um, in closing. In closing now, let's consider uh, those implications just a bit further. Uh, what would be implications for church planters? Well, uh, I, I hope and pray that uh, our church will be able to plant a church before too many years go by. Uh, church planters are called to both birth a church uh, by preaching the gospel and making new converts. They're called to nurse the baby believers, the newborn believers, 
feeding them spiritual milk until those new believers are matured to where they can handle spiritual meat, deeper things. Um, that's that's uh, church planter's role. Uh, the role transitions as people come in and they grow and get more mature. And it's the role of, of uh, pastors and churches as new believers come in to establish churches as well, uh, to provide growth, uh, for the growth opportunities, to feed all believers what they can handle wherever they are on that continuum from newly saved to very mature believer. Uh, we need to provide uh, what each person needs at each step along the way. Uh, again, what about church members? Implications or applications for church members? Well, uh, individual church members need to uh, be in the business of receiving what is being fed to them, uh, to learn, uh, to receive God's words, to learn and grow uh, by receiving the teaching of basic things, uh, basic doctrines, the spiritual milk. Uh, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, Peter writes, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Uh, I'm, I'm, I fear today that there are so many people who, um, if you look chronologically, they, they should be very mature. They've been believers for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, but sometimes, uh, if you measure it by their spiritual maturity, they're still more like a, a newborn babe. They, they haven't had a sincere desire uh, for the milk of the word. They haven't had a uh, committed themselves to growing, to learning the basic things uh, of the Word of God, uh, and therefore they're not ready for uh, the, the greater things, the, the, the more advanced things. Uh, Paul had that same concern for the, the Corinthian church. There in 1 Corinthians 3, he said, I, I fed you with milk and not with meat. Uh, for hitherto, he says, ye, all of them, were not able to bear it. And he says, neither yet now are ye able. Uh, because they had refused to receive basic things and to be established and, and solid on basic things, they couldn't progress on to more advanced things uh, in the Christian life. And understand, this is very different than how people advance through the levels of a cult. Uh, Scientology has all these different levels. You learn one level and you, you pay some money and you progress on to the next level. It's very different. Uh, from, that's a corruption of what Paul is, is teaching here uh, in these verses. Uh, we need to be a people who make sure that we've learned the basic things so that we can then progress on to the deeper things uh, of God's word. Uh, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 5 says, for when ye, uh, excuse me, for when... For the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. Um, if that's where you are today, uh, still needing to get shored up or firmed up in basic things, do that. Come to me, talk to me. We, there's ways that we can do that even now. Uh, commit yourself to learning basic things so that you have a strong foundation to build on, to grow upon, to build up a deeper, broader knowledge of God and his words. Uh, learn to share the gospel if you haven't yet done that. Uh, learn to do that from memory using God's words. 
so that someone else could be born again, to become a newborn babe in Christ. Uh, learn to be able to disciple that person in, with spiritual milk, basic things, uh, and be able to feed them spiritual meat when they're ready. Listen, we all have that obligation as a church to be sure that we are growing, to be sure that we have a strong foundation to build upon and to grow upon. Sunday school is a great way to get much of that. Personal study matters a great deal. Being in the Sunday morning and Sunday evening services, the Wednesday night Bible study, these are all great opportunities to continue learning the Word of God uh, so that you don't get stuck in that uh, immature babe mode, uh, still needing milk, not yet ready to move on and uh, grow uh, in richer, deeper things, the spiritual meat of the Christian life. Let's stop there this morning. Uh, we'll pray and we'll close. We'll be back here uh, shortly uh, for our morning worship service. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord, for uh, Paul's example of encouragement, for his example of steadfastness despite trials. Lord, he went and he birthed that church. He preached the gospel and birthed that church despite the trials that he had faced. Lord, we can be faithful too. We need your help. We need your strength to do that. Father, if we've not been faithful uh, here uh, early in this, this present trial that we're facing, help us to be quick to confess that. And Lord, to seek your grace and strength to uh, get back to the things that we should be in the business of at this time. Uh, still learning, still growing, still sharing the gospel, finding uh, creative ways to do that. Uh, Lord, I pray this morning that if we're someone who has not grown much because we've not had a, a real hunger for your words and for the teaching and preaching of your words, uh, perhaps we've not been faithful to be in the Bible daily, uh, learning, receiving from you that which you have for us, uh, Lord, give us a heart for that, especially now. Give us a heart to be in the Bible daily, learning from you and growing in you. Lord, that we progress from basic things, the milk of the word, to a richer, deeper understanding of who you are uh, and your words. And Father, I pray that um, we take advantage of this time that we have now to, to learn and grow. Lord, when we come out the other side of this trial, I pray that each member of our church, each one listening today, could say, yeah, I recommitted myself in God's strength to learning and growing, to being, uh, watching the services and, and being in, in, Lord, your words daily. And sure enough, I've grown. I have a stronger foundation now. I'm growing a richer, deeper understanding of your words. I'm better prepared to encourage the growth of others. Lord, give us that heart. Help us that way. I pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being with us this morning.